Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You where in a single moment you can recognize your brilliance and change your life. This is a transformational hour that covers an array of topics that demonstrate how individuals use their native talent, as shown in their name, to look at the ordinary and extraordinary ways. Albert Einstein once said that everybody's a genius. Why would one of the smartest people on the planet declare that everyone is a genius unless he knew that to be true? I'm Sharon Lynn Wyatt, and in each weekly show, you'll hear the fascinating ways other people discovered the genius in them and what they were able to accomplish. At the end of each show, you'll hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. All over the world, people have many, many diverse interests. And in that vein, people have written to our show's producers and asked about different occupations and areas of life that have highly interested them. People want to know how highly successful people have managed to achieve their genius mindset by utilizing the gifts that are seen in their names when you're using pneumology science. Some of the letters asked about how does someone create fun in their life and how does someone start playing and traveling after one retires? How do you switch from being work-focused to play-focused? Our expert tonight is Tamara Michael, who has done the most remarkable job in transforming herself from being an executive to full-time fun. She has written The Suitcase Wife. This is the second time we've had Tamara on the show because she's done tremendous traveling since the last time we had her on the show, and everybody was interested in where has she gone now and what has she done now. Tamara finally settled in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, after 30-plus years of career with the U.S. Postal Service. She was born in Allenton, Pennsylvania, and got a B.A. in Art History from college in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, where her Aunt Beth taught English. Beth embraced being Tamara's role model by instilling a love of traveling, a sense of adventure, and a desire for a college degree. After divorcing, Tamara and her son moved from Pennsylvania to New Jersey, the first of many moves with the Postal Service. The following year, they moved to New Orleans, followed by job opportunities in Milton and Pensacola, Florida, back to New Orleans, and then to the beach in Gulf Shores, Alabama, where she stayed for nine years as postmaster. She loved living on the beach, but boredom set in. A one-year detail in Washington, D.C. beckoned, assignment to the U.S. Postal Service Pro Cycling Team Sponsorship with the infamous Lance Armstrong. After a year in D.C., Tamara moved to Dallas, Texas for a sales rep detail, only to be called back to D.C. to pull an important cycling sponsorship weekend out of the fire. Following a reduction in force, Tamara moved to Winston-Salem and finished her career as postmaster of Clemens. After retirement, she worked as a consultant at Motorola near Chicago. Now, it's no more work, only fun, travel, and more adventures. Tamara volunteers at Winston-Salem Organization since retiring with the UNC School of the Arts, pulling her heart the most. She served as president of the Associate 
a volunteer branch at the School of the Arts, and now serves on the Board of Visitors. She's participated in the host family program for the past 11 years, where she acts like a mom away from home to students whose home is distant from college, mostly Asian students. They still keep in touch with one studying piano at Juilliard. Tamara enjoys adventure, travel to unusual destinations, visiting North Korea, Iran, and Pakistan, and doesn't mind traveling alone. She always meets someone interesting on her journeys, like the former Greek ambassador to Iraq, or a CDC doctor who instituted HIV AIDS programs all over the world, or the gentleman who invited black, who invented black boxes to measure black carbon air particles. She has three grandchildren who live near St. Louis and hopes to instill the love of traveling and adventure in them as well. Cameron's name indicates that she has a tendency to be a workaholic or a couch potato, one extreme or the other. So I suppose her corporate life had her being the workaholic when she was called back to D.C. to make sure the cycling sponsorship was successful. Her name also indicates that she works hard to be on top, and the only time you'll find her in the middle of the pack is when she's on her way to the top. Tamara's name indicates that she also enjoys taking what she likes to the extreme. She can't get enough of what she determines are the great things in life. This can be exemplified by the fact that she's currently traveled in over 100 countries and will set foot in more as time goes on. Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You Radio Show, Tamara. Great to have you back with us. Oh, thanks, Sharon. Thanks. And I have to admit, I'm up to 118 countries now that I have visited well, out of 197. Is there 197? I was going to say, there's close to 200. Is that your goal? Yeah. Well, there's some I won't be able to get to just because of the situation in in these countries right now. Um, so, you know, I'm just going to the ones that I can go to and enjoy them while I can because you never know what's going to happen. Well, at one time when I had hit like 70 countries, I thought, I want to go to all the countries in the world. And I was thinking there was only 100. And then I looked it up and I thought, oh, no, it's closer to 200. Forget that. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> yeah. But I have a lot more planned this year. I have a lot more planned in for next year already, too. You know, and that, I guess, going back to that uh, workaholic thing, you know, when I start planning my trips, I really scour the Internet to try to find interesting places to go, places that most people don't go to. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. After the break, we'll find out why Tamara decided to travel to unknown places this is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyatt, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Tamara Michael. Before the break, Tamara was just beginning to tell us about where her latest travels are. 
you know, she's the author of The Suitcase Wife, which is very interesting about even more of her travels. Okay, Tamara, please continue. Where have you gone since we last saw you and talked with you? Okay. Um, you know, I, I like to get away for the holidays because I'm, I'm single. My family, you know, my son and the grandkids live a 12-hour drive from here. But I like to travel at Christmas. And this past year, I went to Ethiopia and to the Danakil Depression, which is considered the hottest place on earth. And we hiked in nine and a half miles at night with a headlamp on, and we had to have escorts with us because of the problems that they had in the past, and our guides had guns for our protection and to help us up over the volcanic rock. And we slept by a, a, on a plateau overlooking this volcano, and you could feel the heat coming up through the fissures, and you know, when you had to go to the bathroom, you had to be really careful so you didn't step off the side. So it was just crazy, you know, but it was a lot of fun. And then when we walked back during the day, uh, early that morning before the sun came up and it got really hot, we go, oh, my gosh, we walked over that. And there were scorpions we, we saw at night and everything else. It's just like, oh, it was just it was just a crazy trip. But on that same trip... We went to Uganda next for safari, and we saw um, a, a pride of lions. There were 12, one male, of course, and a lot of females and cubs. And then we started seeing the, the females start walking off, and our guide said they're going out to start hunting. And that was really exciting to see that. I had never seen you know them start doing their thing, their gathering, and how they they start moving across the, the grasslands. And then the last part of the trip at Christmas, and this is the thing I really have wanted to do for years, was gorilla tracking through the jungles of Rwanda. We were in the Volcanoes National Park, and we you had to hire porters, and we, they called them a pusher and a puller, so somebody that's like pushing you through the jungle, another one that's pulling you through the jungle. And what an experience that was. And, you know, they work for next to nothing, but it's a job for them. But at one point, my foot slipped through the vines, and it was up to my knee, and there was nothing under my foot. I could move my foot around. There was air underneath it. That's how far off the ground we were in these vines. I, it, it's uh, so I hard to scary. explain. It was. And the guys tried to pull me out, but I said, just wait, hold my stick. And I just had to sit down, pull my leg out, and then it was so slippery. Then they helped pull me up and then continue on. But the fascinating thing about this whole thing one of the original porters for Diane Fossey was our guide. Uh-huh. Was one of our guides. Oh, for how grand. Group. Wasn't that fabulous? You know, yes. and, and, now, and go ahead. I want some information before you continue. When somebody's a puller and somebody's a pusher or whatever, are you wrapped with ropes to them or how are they pulling and pushing you? No, they're only no ropes. They're just ones in back, ones in front. One's like to pull you up if you have a long step, a high step that you have to make somewhere. And there's another one that's a pusher if you need help. We really only needed okay. one, but we wanted to make sure that more people had an opportunity to make some money. You know, and for like three hours of work or four hours, I guess, we were out tracking gorillas, they only... Ch they only charge you $15 the whole time, but we gave them more. And, you know, it's just, it's just very interesting. And the best thing about it, where we were in Rwanda at the Volcanoes National Park, is that they have eliminated poaching there. And it's a community effort. And what they do is they teach the kids in the community that, the gorillas are a source of income because 
the people come in, they get to hike through the mountains, they have one hour with the gorillas, and people pay a lot of money for a permit to be able to do this. And you have to get permits months and months and months in advance. And so then the porters, the young men become porters, and there were 300, and so they get to help out, they gain money to bring back to their families, and then the women in the community um, make things for the stores that the tourists buy. So all that money then, when they sell the items, the money comes back into the community again, and they make more products to sell in the stores. So the poaching, they, they under, this, the kids, the, the families know in this community that the gorillas are a source of income for them, and that's why they treat them so well. And but during that's the, wonderful to teach kids. Oh, yeah. It's, it's really wonderful. It's wonderful. But it was so much fun going through there because they were t- our guide taught us, Dr. D, told us how to make the gorillas <laughs> to make sure that they knew that you were friendly. <laughs> so, so you literally make those kind of noises? Yes, yes. We had to, you know, and we, our guide told us that we had to. And so we spent one hour with these, these gorillas. And at the end of the hour, the silverback um, gathered all 12 of them, all the 12 in that family, together, and off they went. They knew when their hour was up, off they went down the path. And they were so gone. So the gorillas are showing up to work, too, just for an hour. Yep. Yep. And <laughs> it was interesting that our guide, well, Dr. D, told us that the, the silverback allowed another female, a younger female, to come into the family. Well, that did not set well with the alpha female that was already there, the older one. And so there was a lot of squabbling and was just like, whoa, stay away. But our guide said, come on, come here, get closer. You can cut. And he says, I'll tell you when to get down. So my friend and I, we just got as close to the gorillas as we could and one rushed, he says, they're coming down the path, get down, get down, get down. So we got down, and we had to um, lower our heads and not look into their eyes, because that's a challenge, and you don't do that. And the, the gorilla went right by me and brushed, the hair was right against my leg. That's how close we were to them. You know, that's exhilarating, and at the same time, I could see where that would send some chills up you and saying, you know, this is a huge animal. Gorillas are big. Oh, they are. And they're very strong. They are. But I have some great pictures and video for it. You know, and I post a lot of things on Facebook, and all my friends said, you know, that was so exciting for us because we'll never get there. So that's the purpose of traveling, too, is to open up the minds for, for people who will never have that opportunity to be able to go over there. They love it, but some of them are scared. They, they can't do it. Other ones, physically, they cannot travel anymore, but in their minds, they want to travel. So that leads to my next question. How do you manage to stay in shape? And if you don't mind sharing your age or about thereabouts with everybody, because I think people would be amazed at what you're able to do for your age and how you're still going strong and still have that adventuresome spirit. Well, I just turned 68 last week. Um, well, two weeks ago on the 29th of June. And I walk a lot. I try to do 10,000 steps a day. And, but a lot of it, I spend time in the gym um, working out with weights and doing some cardio. You just have to, you know, and squats for, the, for your thighs so you can get around easily. And it really comes in handy when you're traveling. It just does. When you're throwing a like suitcase the, around. Well, just 
talking about stepping over those uh, veins or vines or whatever, I would look at that and go, yeah, without a secure flooring, I'm not sure I would want to do that, even though I would want to see the gorillas. Did you know you were going to have to do that ahead of time before getting there? Oh, I I did not know we would be going over a sea of vines. I did not. I thought it'd be more on the ground, you know, paths, but there weren't. There, our guides had machetes, and they were actually cutting trails for us to get to these gorillas. But fortunately, they had eaten all the young bamboo shoots towards the top of this one mountain, and they had retreated back down to the bottom for some more fresh bamboo shoots. So we didn't have to <laughs> climb that much <laughs> that particular day. Thank goodness. Amen to the, you know, and praise the gorillas that they were hungry for these little bamboo shoots closer, you know, down to the bottom of the mountain. But we were in oh, the mountains where Diane Fossey, yeah, we were in the mountains where Diane Fossey really um, worked hard, and, the, and this family was descendants of that family. That's exciting. Okay, I want to go back to where you saw the scorpions and all the stuff you climbed when you were up on the mountains. So you were climbing up in the dark, and then you came back down in the light, and you got to see what you were really crawling over. How are the sleeping arrangements? Because it doesn't sound like you get to check into a nice hotel at night up there. Oh, we didn't. We, they had a camel that they put all the, um, well, the mattress, if you can call a two-inch foam piece of foam a mattress. And we just laid out there. You know, we took some food along, you know, that we had brought and some water, and that was it. You just laid out there in the middle of the, in the middle of the, the land, you know, on this plateau. And the thing is, the next morning, the they have guards up there because they had some incidents in the past that didn't pan out so well for people. And the guards didn't even know that we were up there. And they said, we expect that part where you were sleeping to fall off. And I go, oh, that's just great. You know, it's just one of those things, you know. It's, it, well, it's I remember fun. camping out in New Mexico where we were almost scared to move as we were sleeping because in the morning we had to check everything for the scorpions to make sure that we didn't accidentally startle one when we were getting oh, out. Yeah. and. It sounds like you didn't even know there were scorpions there that you had to be careful of. Yeah, well, I got bit by a scorpion in Guyana in um, November, and I'll never want to be stung by one again. And the ones in Ethiopia can... were much bigger. Okay, stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. After the break, we'll find out about some more places that Tamara has visited. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Tamara Michael. She's the author of a great book called The Suitcase Wife. Tamara, would you tell us more about your book and how it's different than other travel books? Well, my book, um, The Suitcase Wife, is basically a true story about how I met these two guys when I was trekking in the Himalayas. 
They were brothers, both married, had families, and we just met each other, you know, on this one trip. I was going through a midlife crisis at the time. And um, it's just the synergy between the three of us and how much fun we had together and and how it continued on other trips um, over the last, what, since 1998. We go off for three to four weeks a year, every every few years, and their wives were real happy with that because they got to do what they want to do. So it's a win-win-win situation, you know. The guys, you know, have somebody to travel with, and um, the wives get to do whatever they want to for the time that their the husbands are gone, and I get a traveling companion two traveling companions and and a safety net you know i can we can go and do things um and i don't have to be all that concerned about somebody you know coming after me and uh for some reason people are drawn to me and the guys i make the first you know introductions i guess and we just have nice conversations and that's how i met the that former greek ambassador to um to iraq in could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas to learn more we spoke to dr brian strand from sonobello while some people can eat everything and stay thin Others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save two. $150. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. Food court in Istanbul. And on this, the, my one of my most recent trips, I was heading over to the Middle East, to Oman, and I'm staying in line in Atlanta airport and I just started talking with this guy, and this guy was talking to me, you know. He was in business, and I said, is that the business line? He says, yeah. And I said, well, what were you doing over here? And he says, well, I'm with the Bahrain Air Force. So I met an Air Force, you know, a guy that flies for the Bahrain Air Force. And so we just we just sat and talked for a little bit. And it was fun. And, uh well, I know when it. I travel with you that you bring gifts or small things. You do research ahead of time on things you can hand out to children and other people, whether it's pens or lollipops or whatever you think, you know, that group will need. So that always helps, too, as an introduction, and I've watched you take incredible pictures. So let's say that somebody wants to live vicariously through your trips. How would they get to see those wonderful pictures that you're taking? Oh, it's all on Facebook, under my name, Tamara Michael, and um, that's how you just get to see a lot. That's how I got to have a lot of friends through friends, because they just heard about uh, the pictures, and I do a little commentary with each post to make it a more, to make it a little bit more interesting and to enlighten people and to expand their so- world. So that was your Christmas trip. So where have you been since Christmas that you just, like, got home from? Oh, I just got home from um, Ireland where my girlfriend and I rented a car and we did a self-driving tour for 10 days. And uh, we just, you know, we went to the Cliffs of Moher. We went to Killarney. We went to Galway. We went to Cork. We stayed in a little bread and bre- bed and breakfast in the at a farmhouse um, outside of Cork, and we went to Kinsale. 
where else did we go? Well, of course, Dublin. And then we stayed a night at the Dromolin Castle. And we we decided we were going to splurge and do an activity. And we did a hawk walk. And um, we had a female person that was taking care of the hawks. And she put gave us each a glove that we put on our arm. And she used to put little pieces of raw meat on our glove, and the hawk used to fly up in the tree, and then she'd call it, and it used to come swooping down and then just land on your hand and grab that little piece of meat that was there. It was, his name was Anthony. So it was so interesting. Well, they have really sharp beaks, and their claws can really cut into you. So is that why they put the gloves on first, and are yes. they really, really thick? Oh, very thick. Very, very thick. Yep. And, um, okay. Yeah, but he, he, oh, we were told we had to put our cell phones away. He didn't like the cell phones. He didn't like the gold on the back of the cell phones. So we had to put them away. And, yeah, <laughs> so we did. We did exactly what we were told, you know. We didn't want this bird just flying at us, you know, because of this, you know, this instrument that we have in our hand. They were okay you know, with the cameras. Describing that, I can just imagine. I have seen so many people that are afraid of birds that when there's a bird loose in the house or they, uh, birds are flying around, they get on chairs and they run to another room and close the door. And I can just imagine how scary that must be to have a big hawk coming down that are so much bigger than birds. But you were told ahead of time what, how to position yourself or how to stamp so that um, everybody felt safe, both the hawk and you? Well, we just had to make sure our arm was extended up and out. You know, not straight up, but at an angle out so they could come and land on it. And he was great. Anthony was great, you know, and he was a young one. And she was sort of training him on, on, on this. So he'd hop around on the ground a little bit, and then he'd go up, and then she'd, he didn't come right away when she called, and then he'd swoop down. And then he used to swoop from my arm over <laughs> to my friend's arm. It, it was just a great experience. And I'm I'm glad we we paid the money to do it. Some you just have to do some things, you know, in in life. So we were talking before the show started, and you were talking about how this past trip was 31 days, and for and that's a long period of time. So where were that was? You're just describing your last 10 days. What was the beginning of this trip like, and how did you, did you decide that you wanted it this long this time? Oh well. It just sort of happened. You know, that's how some trips just happen. It was 32 days long. And we started off in Ireland, and I wound, and then I went to Amsterdam for a day to meet up with a friend, and then over to Lithuania for six days, and then into Belarus for five, and then Poland for 12 on an organized tour. But I was on my own with another friend that flew in from uh, Houston for Lithuania and Belarus to do that on our own. But it was just, it was, it was just tough, especially Belarus. Um, they seem to be still back in the Soviet days. Uh, everything was hard. You know, to visit a museum, I had to give up my passport and give, they had to take a Xerox copy of it to get a headphone for the audio for the, to, to walk through the museum. And then they gave me a key. They gave my, my passport back to me. They gave me a key. And I said, well, what's the key for? And fortunately, I had a host student there, one of my former host students. And she said, well, what, what do you need the passport for a picture he says we have to put in a in a a safety deposit box back here i said well how do i know that my passport picture photocopy is back there he says you want to check and i said no i trust you so i had to give the key back 
after the tour to get my the picture of my passport, the photocopy of it. You know, you when know, I handed back it, my, it, my audio. It was just a struggle, and then renting the car was just very difficult. And, anyway, it was just... It was just difficult. No signs. Not many people speak English over there. The street signs are not in English at all. And thank goodness for Google Maps. It was worked like a charm. <laughs> you know, when I was in China, they did that. You Every hotel, we had to check in our passport, and they would take our passports over to the police department. And you had to let them know what time you were checking out in the morning because then they'd go back to the police department and then they'd come and you could get your passports back that way. But we were always being tracked the entire time. And I lived in China for a year and we always had to have our passport on us because if the buses ever got stopped or anything, we would have to be able to produce the passport and our visa that said that we were working there and we had the right to be anywhere and not just on a tour. And to me, each time that we traveled anywhere, we had to let the police people know ahead of time that we were planning on taking a trip, where we were going, and when we would be back. And so we had to check out with the police before we went on a trip, and we had to check back in when we came back. And it sounds like that with Belarus. And I thought, you know, there's a lot of countries around the world that the processes are so different than they are in the United States, and we don't really realize how much freedom we have in places like Canada and the United States and a lot of South America and some of the European countries until you go someplace else and you don't have those freedoms. Oh, I'm te- yes, you're absolutely right. You know, and yeah, yeah and some countries are very easy to, to travel in. Of course, Ireland, everybody spoke English. And it was just easier to rent a car there. Um, Lithuania was very easy to rent a car, and a lot of people spoke English. Uh, it, they took the Euros. It, it was just, it was easy, you know. And now, but, you know, that's part of that, traveling. That's part of traveling. But it is part of traveling. But I've read lately that not everyone takes American dollars anymore. And so, and not everyone uses credit cards anymore. So that's getting more complicated exchanging money, while, even while you're traveling in Europe. Have you found that to be the case or not? Um, I don't take much American cash anymore. Some places to get a visa, they want cash. But I just bring my card for my ATM and I just pay the, the fee and I get X amount of dollars, you know, what I think I'm going to have what I'll need for the time that I'm in that particular country, and that's what I use. I use their local currency. Now, with the the dollar being so strong, I got extra euros because I'll probably be going back to Europe, and, I, you know, the U.S. dollar may not be as strong then. So, you know, and Do you ever get some of the currency like at the airport to exchange ahead of time before you can get to an ATM machine, or do you not worry about that? I don't worry about it. There's plenty of ATM machines in the airports, and as soon as I grab my my luggage, that's it. I head to the ATM machine before I even get in a taxi to go to the hotel. They they know the name, know the genius in you. After the break, we'll find out what Tamara Michael has in her name that has assisted her that you may have in your name as well. And I do want to say while we're talking about the ATM machines that in some of the places in Africa, like Mali, Africa, uh, they didn't have ATM machines. All right, guys, we'll see you at the other side of the break. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit us at www.exxon.com. 
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Tamara Michael, who has traveled over 100 countries and is planning on seeing plenty more before this year and many more years is out. Tamara, have you ever considered living somewhere outside the States? And out of all the travels that you've been to, are there any countries that have kind of caught your interest that you said, wow, it might be interesting to live here? Yeah, um, I wouldn't say countries, probably more so cities. Um, Like in Poland, in Zakopane, which is down near, it's in the mountainous area in southern Poland, near Slovakia, that would really interest me. But it's a small community. I think I might get bored after a while. But I need to be... Somewhere where there's good transportation, you know, an easy way from the airport to another country. But for living in a country, you know, you fantasize and think, oh, that's really going to be great. But I don't know. I, I don't I, I guess I could do it, you know, if push comes to shove. I don't know. There's just so many other things I'd rather do than just sit at one spot anymore. <laughs> Well, I have a chance to go. I'm going to go. You know, you talked about getting to visit Poland, and it's one of the few places left in Eurasia that I haven't been. So I would love to hear about Poland and what it was like. And, I mean, I've heard so many stories about the beauty. And and my grandparents, um, my grandfather, started in Poland, and then they packed up with stuff on their back and, and left in the middle of the night. Uh, during World War One, and his parents took him out. So there's always been this fascination with Poland, and yet it's one of the countries over there I haven't been to. So what can you tell us about Poland? Oh, Sharon, you got to go to Poland. My gosh, they have so many world um, UNESCO World Heritage sites. We had 14 of them while we were there. Beautiful cathedrals, you know, just absolutely stunning, and. Um, there's this one, you know, I'm, I'm losing track of, you know, all the d- different cathedrals. It was, a sh- it was a shrine outside of Krakow. Oh, Krakow was never bombed during World War II. So everything is in pristine shape there, and they're just doing some restoration work inside and prettying everything up. But it is just absolutely fascinating. And we went to the Mulberg castle can you imagine this took six million bricks to build that castle six million and i said well how did they get paid they got paid for as many bricks that they could make in a day it was like piece rate back in the day which i thought was well i bet some people learn to be really fast oh yeah yep yep I wonder if there was quality control or if it was just speed that was counted. Yeah. Well, I don't think those (laughs) people are around anymore. You know, you have to go back to the, you know, 11th century. (laughs) 
<laughs> you ask those people. But another interesting place was Gdansk, and that's where solidarity started, and that was basically the start of the fall of the the Soviet Empire, USSR, you know, back in the day with Lequilenza, you know, and uh-huh. what they did. Yeah, they, that was fascinating. That was an interesting city also to go to, you know, with a waterfront there and a lot of building going on. I count the number of cranes when I go into a city just to see what kind of progressive um, progression, you know, they had planned. And Gdansk was the one that had the most, most cranes in the sky when I, when I entered of all the cities that I was in in Poland. Was it easy to get around in Poland, and were there a lot of museums? There were a lot of museums. We went to a lot of churches, okay? That's just how the tour was, just a lot of churches. We went into the salt mines, you know. Oh, the salt salt mines are so cool everywhere. Um, it, It was absolutely stunning what those miners did you know, carving out, you know, bas-relief of the Lord's, you know, the the Last Supper, you know, or picture of Bethlehem, you know, and Mary and Jesus and Joseph. It it, it was beautiful. The chandeliers are in in salt, was carved from salt. When you went into the salt mines, did you have to wear, uh, I want to call it balloon clothing, uh, when we went into the salt mines near Salzburg, we had to wear this this black like garb that over our regular clothes. Did did no. they make you change no. or wear something? No, mm, so it was not easier. at all. It was just regular street clothing. You just had to make sure you could walk, and it was it was you know we had to go down steps, and you know for most of the part, the people that knew that they couldn't do it stayed stayed back in the hotel. And, yeah, fascinating. So, if you have a chance to go to Poland, you, go. You know, that's like the place to go to now. The prices are well, very inexpensive for meals well, or beer. Well, that's definitely on or, my bucket list. <laughs> yeah, you have to go. And I can give you a name of a good company to use. You know. Okay, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> See, um, now, when you tasted that salt, what I've realized, like when we were in Germany and tasted that salt versus Austria and tasted that salt versus France, the salt was very different. And yes. around the Salt Lake area, and in Utah, the salt is different. So how would you compare the salt that you tasted in Poland to other types of salt? Um, has more flavor to it than the ones that we get out of the box here, you know, like the Morton salt. Um, it's earthier and it's gray like a grayish green oh and of course during the tour they said oh just lick the wall so i licked the wall (laughs) (laughs) how sanitary is that (laughs) well (laughs) i mean it's i guess i hope salt kills everything i'm still tall i'm still living so (laughs) you know you're you're there you have to do it (laughs) why not well, I can just see some people taking out their, their baby wipes and wiping first to make sure it's good. Yeah, some people would, not me. But I guess I'm taller than the average person, so I can lick above everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I hit a place where nobody looked before. But anyway, that's just part of the tourist trap. You just do that stuff when you're away. If you yeah, had to yeah. go to the same country once a year, and you could go anywhere else you wanted to, but you always had to go to one country again that you've already been to, what would be the countries that you would want to have repeat visits with? Because a lot of times, after I've explored a place, I think, I'm really glad I came here, but I don't need to come back. And other places for me, like Barcelona or in Spain or Turkey or Thailand, I think I could come back and see things all over again. Are there any places like that for you? Hmm. Boy. I, yeah, I think 
I hate to say, uh, Bolivia, for some reason, Bolivia, um, Ecuador. I, w- I want to go back to those two countries because I haven't done the salt flats down in Bolivia. And I, I want to do that. Um, let's see, what else? Maybe Italy. I'd like to go back to Italy. Um, when, I, when I lived in Germany, I, we went to Italy a lot. Everybody that came to visit us, we took to Italy. And I thought, yeah. as I look back, I think that's really funny. We lived in Germany. We didn't show that much of Germany. Even though we'd explored Germany, we all took everybody always to Italy. Yeah. But, you know, my goal right now is to see as many countries as I can and the highlights of it. And when I get to the point, um, it's not going to be in the too distant future, I can start going to other places that I've already been and do different things. You know, have, in those have you done much countries. of South America? I'm going to be finishing up South America at Christmas time this year. I'm going to Brazil, um, Uruguay, Paraguay, and then winding up in Argentina in the Bariloche area hiking. That's down in Patagonia wow. area, you know. So South America will be completely done, and Fabulous. I think maybe next That's... year Europe's going to be completely done too. You know, there's just well, no. I want to no thank place. you. For... Okay. I want to thank you again for being with us tonight, Tamara. Um, you can order the suitcase wife at Amazon, and if you'd like to keep up with Tamara's adventures. You may contact her via email at thesuitcasewife at gmail.com. Tamara likes to take things to the extreme. And if you have the letter M in your name, so do you. The letter M takes any letter next to it to the extreme. As what you like you're willing to do and what you don't like, well, that's another story. Do you know where your genius lies? I'm Sharon Lynn Wyatt, host of the radio show, Know the Name, Know the Genius in You which can be heard every weekday at various hours right here on xzbn.net radio, an X-Zone radio station. Tune in to hear the fascinating ways other people discovered the genius in themselves and what they were able to accomplish. In each upcoming show, you'll hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. Join us this week. If you wish to know more about your name and how you can discover your own innate genius, go to knowthename.com. And you can also learn how to analyze any name by reading the book, knowthename.com. And that concludes this week. This is Sharon Lynn Wyatt signing off.